All right, here we go after Shocks TV. We're back with another episode where we feature some of the best underground hard rock and metal bands and artists across the globe. And on today's episode, we're pleased to welcome to the show from Hard Rock Heavyweights, Crowbot. We got vocalist Brandon Eagley joining us on Aftershocks. Brandon, thanks for coming on, man. How are you? Ah, I'm doing great. How you guys doing? Doing great, man. Appreciate you coming on. And let's get right into it, man. Feel this. New full length from Crowbot out now on Mascot Records. Uh, the band's fourth full length, first in three years since 2019's Mother Brain. And, you know, Brandon, right off the bat, there are definitely some sonic differences on this record that I noticed immediately upon listening to it. Obviously, compared to, you know, previous Crowbot releases, uh, we'll start musically. Obviously, sure, the record has those vintage Crowbot grooves and hooks, but I'm definitely hearing a bit of a more straightforward rock sound compared to maybe the blues-based stoner rock grooves, you know, that we typically hear on Crowbot releases. I mean, those blues parts are still there, but I definitely, I think, a little bit more blended in with the rest of the sound. Has a bit more of, I guess I would say, a radio-friendly sound this record. So let's, let's start things off, Brandon, by having you talk about the musical approach on Feel This and what the band set out to do differently on this record. Yeah, I think with this record, um, we took a little bit uh, harder uh, dig at, you know, kind of the, the same approach that we approach Mother Brain with, um, you know, in that we try to, uh, we try to, of course, be original and, and you know, kind of bring everything that, that you're used to hearing in the Crowbot Sonic Spectrum to the table. But at the same time, you know, we wanted to um, showcase the fact that we feel like we, we we become better songwriters. You know, hopefully the more and more you do something, you, you, the, the more and more you get better at it. Um, so, you know, we're, we're trying to you know, widen the net a little bit at, by the, and at the same time, like le lead with influences like Soundgarden and Rage Against the Machine and Black Sabbath and and ronnie james dio and all that stuff that you know all the, all the stuff that we we love and enjoy um you know we wanted to to kind of wear our influences on our sleeves but but for sure we we definitely took things uh deeper down the rabbit hole you know we had a lot of time off so uh mm -hmm. we were able to focus a lot more attention on these songs uh than than usual and i think that kind of led to them becoming um a little more fortified and and you know but at the same time maybe a little bit more easily digestible because we had so much time to kind of you know try different things with and and uh you know what you hear is what we landed on sure no absolutely and when it comes to your vocals on this record brain i mean you obviously you've got a, a vocal prowess that's hard to find it's an everyday that singers can do what you can do vocally however on this record it seems like you took a bit more of, I would say, a scale-back approach from what you, you did on these songs compared to previous records. I mean, normally we cut, we hear you come out, you're blazing with those high notes that you're well-known for hitting. But I noticed on Feel This that you tended to really sort of only go in that direction occasionally throughout the songs. You kind of scaled it back a little bit in certain parts. Talk about what you wanted to do a little differently in terms of your approach on the new record than what you've obviously done on the previous uh, Crowbot records. Yeah, the way I look at it is like uh, I was just a wild horse, you know. In the first couple, in the first couple records, that's an unbridled pony, you know. Uh, so, you know, the approach that I wanted to take um, was, you know, build it up. Let's let's build it up. Let's not give them all the high stuff all the time because, you know, sometimes it's the silence that builds the most tension. 
you know, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes it's me not singing or not singing high that, that, you know, when I come in with those real, real high notes, they're more impactful and, you know, not to knock any of our early stuff, but I think that, you know, if there was anything lacking and just speaking for myself is that, you know, I was constantly on 10 and, you know, constantly in the, in the riffing bluesy world, um, you know, which is, is, is all, all, all well and good. But I think the, you know, the approach, especially with the last, two records that, that I wanted to, to uh, come at, at at the record with was just, hey, let's think of these as like, you know, everyday people singing these songs, you know, not necessarily uh, even just musicians or just singers trying to sing these songs, but let's, let's maybe let everybody be able to sing these songs. <laughs> <laughs> no, no doubt, man. Well, you know, one of the songs that stands out to me, which I love, it's something that's pretty different from, you know, anything I think that you guys have done in the past is the track living on the streets. Um, really, really love that song, man. It's got sort of that almost like an eighties sort of a sunset strip kind of feel vibe to it. You know, and another thing too, that it's got on there. That's something I'm used to hearing you guys have is there's some, there's backing vocals too. I mean, normally 100% of the time, the vocals are coming straight from you. But I'm glad you guys kind of switched up a little bit because I really think it, it, it kept it fresh and gave it, you know, obviously a, a different element on that song, especially uh, something that we haven't really heard before. Was that something that the producer, Jay Rust, did he bring that to the table? Or was that just an element that the band wanted to kind of incorporate on this record? And, and once again, just experiment with some things that you haven't done before. Um, I'll speak on the whole here for the whole record and okay. and say that Jay Jay just kind of let us be us. Um, okay. And that's the, one of the things that we loved about working with them and, you know, not to go against anybody that we've worked with previously, but I think uh, more often than not, Jay just kind of let us be us and, you know, didn't really question any anything. He just made it sound the best that it can sound. And I think that uh, that really, um, you know, floated its way to the top for this record and and made it important for us and, and made us proud of this one is that you know jay in a producer's chair just really just sonically made everything sound better and the rest of it's just kind of us being being songwriters and we just wanted to rip off acdc with this one <laughs> i mean i we we just i mean it is a complete van halen acdc mm. ripoff and this is exactly what we wanted to do with that one and i'm i'm very thankful that we were able to to pull it off because more often than not you try to do gang vocals and it's just super cheesy you know and you try <laughs> to force it and it just doesn't mm. work and and this one it just happened and we're we're just kind of like yeah we got a gang vocal song now nice. <laughs> <laughs> we never thought it would happen <laughs> right on man well well, well, man, I, I wanted to bring up Jay as well. Just just I want to play off of what you just said about he just let you be yourself. And this may be a dumb question, but if that is the case, then why do you need Jay? Well, because, I mean, the, the, I think his resume speaks for itself. Sure. You know? yeah. he, and, and the process by which we came, you know, like all these songs came to fruition, really helped the songs as well. Like, you know, more often than not, you get in, there's this somewhere along the line in the digital age, we reverted to this other process of like, hey, let's take a week. And, and you know, it's, it's a, I think it's more or less a logistics thing than a formality, but it's, hey, let's take this week. Let's do drums because everything's set up. You know, we don't want to move the mics at all. So we're going to take this whole week. We're going to do drums and then we're going to do bass and then we're going to do guitar. 
And you know, you go through every song like that, and that's the usual process of making a record. Whereas Jay's approach is, hey, this is the song we're doing today. Tomorrow we're doing another song. The next day we're doing another song. Okay. And we're going to do it until we finish everything, every, mm -hmm. every instrument. And I think that really lent to us being and focusing more of our creative energy on one song at a time. Um, I think that it, it led to better songs because of that. And I think because, because he brought that process, I think we made a better record. And, you know, I certainly wouldn't, uh, uh, you know, I don't envy his job and sitting behind the desk and, and right. moving the faders because, you know, and it was, it was an education too. believe me, you know, anytime we get a chance to, to be in the studio with anybody of this, uh, uh, prestigiousness you know we're like flies on the wall um, and we're just like over his shoulder like what are you why are you doing that you know what, <laughs> what's going what, you know trying to trying to create an education out of this as well so uh we learned a lot working with jay and i don't think this this record would have been what it what it was without him for sure certainly man well well um one of the things uh brandon that i i'm always curious about with you and you're not going to remember this but I, i'll i'll remind you and i guarantee you don't remember this but um at rock on the range years ago when you guys i think it was you guys' first rock on the range i'm not sure if you played it more than once but it was one of the first times you guys played it we myself and my radio show and another radio show and you and your guitar player or bass player, somebody at the time, all were at a table and you guys were cutting up like nobody's business. I mean, you guys were like <laughs> the life of the party. And, and I'm curious with, when you guys get in the studio, I'm imagining you're still that way. I'm imagining you guys <laughs> don't ever turn that off. So that being said, how do you balance between being silly and having fun and making it fun and being serious and having that serious commitment to the craft? Well, I think time in it lends to seriousness, and that's the only seriousness that goes into it. You know, it's just the fact that we're still around. And that's that's the you know, the only seriousness in this. And we just like to have fun. That's that's a number one. You know, if if you're not having fun doing this, then there's no reason to do it. <laughs> I'll, just be play, I'll just be playing playing honest with you. You know, there, there's no money in this. Everybody's away from their families. We're all, you know, it's it's tough for everyone. Um, but we do it because we love it, and that's just why we wake up every morning because we love it. You know, and that's that's just why we continue to do this through whatever turmoil the world throws at us. We will always just look look forward to the next show and look forward to how to get there you know but uh no we never turn it off it's it's always it's always romper room and monkey hour around here <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> well dude obviously man you and um you as well as every other band on the planet we just we just had this covid nightmare which was you know absolutely a pain in the ass for you guys did it change anything between mother brain and now as far as how you recorded did you have to do everything through mp3s this time or did you did you guys still get in a room and write or you know how how did it change everything if at all for for you guys well it was different in that you know we've gotten better at the demoing process we've gotten better at recording ourselves and you know and and mother brain was that big that big tackle for us because you know we've always been the 
hey, let's set up a recorder in the room and record it. Like we, we, we've done that since the inception of the band 11 years ago. Yeah. But now we're starting to get to the point where it's like, all right, we have all this stuff sitting around and it's never going to go anywhere unless we put some time into it and really, you know, try to make this sound the best that we can. And also we've found that, you know, I don't want to, you know, pinpoint anybody in particular, but there's a lot of people that, you know, you, you pass these demos on to and, and they, they say they can hear through things, but they can't, you know, oh, yeah. so you got to take it as far as you can take. Um, and mother brain was that learning process for us of like, Hey, let's, let's try to really tackle this. And how do we record ourselves to the best quality that we can? And I think that feel this was us being way better at that. Um, having way more time to spend on it as well, you know, we could get lost in mixing ourselves and not feel bad about it, you know, and, and have days lost where, you know, you end up at the same spot you were a week ago and it sounds the same, you know, but it's all a learning process. And the more we did it, the better we got. And I, I feel like, you know, feel this is definitely us being better working the knobs and pushing the faders, but also us being better songwriters. And I think that, you know, COVID really lent that, into the process because otherwise we'd just be touring our asses off. Cause that's what we do. Um, right. you know, and we're always writing, we're, we're constantly building amount of material to go into the next record with, you know, and we're doing that now and the, and the record just came out. So, you know, it's, it's just all part of who we are, but you kind of got to flip the switch a little bit. You know, we had to turn off the touring stuff and, you know, it was like, Hey, I don't know when this is going to start up, but what we can what we do know is that we can still work at least in some capacity on writing. And, you know, there's no, there's no distance in the entire universe that could uh, keep us away from that. You know, we've got satellites in the sky that can bounce this data off, <laughs> off of each other. So, uh, but at, at the same time, like when it was safe enough, uh, we would get together um, Bishop and Dan, we're able to get together because they both live in Austin. So, you know, and that being the, you know, drums and guitar kind of get, you get a good feel for the track if, if that stuff is, is synced up. So uh, they were able to work it out in the room. And then when I could fly in to Austin, when it was safe enough, I'd fly in for a week or two and we'd, we'd write and do some other stuff and, and play catch up on some other things, but we'd write as well. And, and uh, you know, COVID led, led us to spending a lot more time on material than we usually would. And I think that's, uh, you know, you can hear it in the, in the songs and, and I, I'm, you know, I think we're definitely in a better place because we had more time to work on these songs. Well, you know that you just mentioned something too, Brandon, about you guys being road warriors. You know, you're always out there touring. And the thing I find fascinating about the band is how really compatible you guys are with bands who don't necessarily sound like you. I mean, as we've been talking about, obviously, you know, Crowbots typically known or has been known over the years as a you know stoner sort of heavy blues rock band. Yet, if you look 
who you guys, you know, tour with and play with, a lot of times it's anything but bands that are in that sort of genre or subgenre. I mean, you guys typically, you know, you, you just don't tour a lot of times with bands that sound like you. I mean, great examples, you know, you just wrapped up a, uh, a run in the States in the spring with dancing and Cradle of Filth, for God's sakes. I mean, yeah. you couldn't sound anything further from a band like <laughs> Cradle of Filth. Um, but it, it reminds me of another band who used to do the same thing back in the day, and that was Clutch. I mean, who obviously you guys have a similar sound to them. They were always infamous for touring with bands who sounded nothing like them. Hardcore band, noise rock bands, progressive, whatever. They just did it. Talk about your guys' approach when it comes to who you choose to play and tour with. I mean, do you prefer to be that band that sounds different than the other bands on the bill, even if it is, say, an extreme metal bill, like playing with the Cradle of Filth? I mean, how does that work for you guys? How do you go about selecting who you, you feel you get to tour with? Well, I think we we got hard from the many years of uh, playing in the Northeast where we were usually the lightest band on the bill always. You know, <laughs> it was like, yeah, you know, mostly playing with bands that you can't read their names, you know? <laughs> uh, but I think that's all part of the test. It's all part of the challenge. And it's all, you know, something when we, I'll, I'll be honest, when we see a tour like Danzig and Cradle of Filth come down the pipeline, you're kind of like, okay, uh, how's this going to go every night? You know? Uh, but it was the same with Motorhead. Like we were so scared to tour with Motorhead and we got out there and it was one of the best, if not the best tour we've ever been on. You know, same could be said for, for the Danzig and Cradle of Filth tour. I mean, it was, I mean, let's, let, let me just say for, on the record that both bands, awesome. I mean, Cradle of Filth, as heavy as they are, sweethearts, you know? <laughs> so, um, you know, I think the hard part is sometimes getting in front of the, the crowds that are a little um, less acceptant of accepting of, you know lighter music or and i can you know i say lighter music because when compared to cradle of filth like you said it's mm -hmm. it's definitely it's definitely not as heavy so mm -hmm. um there were some people who were very excited to see us get done and there were some <laughs> people who were very excited to see us so <laughs> it was a mixed bag uh -huh. <laughs> but that's all part of the challenge it's that's what we love we sure. like like you know every night it was like we we would pinpoint and i shouldn't i shouldn't focus on the people who aren't enjoying themselves it should focus more on the people who are enjoying themselves but sometimes you can't help it you know mm -hmm. there's one person in the front it's just like come on i just want one smile just one <laughs> you know and that would yeah. be my goal every night is just sort of try to get that person to smile and most most often it works and then i think they kind of like you know tear the veil down it's like okay you're right we are here to have fun aren't we Sure, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, do you find that you've received, you know, I would say, I don't want to say really a better reception when you're that different sounding band, but I mean, do you, do you feel that? Because I mean, obviously yeah, a lot of the bands like a cradle filth and dancing, I mean, they are older bands. So a lot of people, you know, the demographics with the age range in terms of the, the fans of those bands, you know, at the same time, they do enjoy bands that sound like Crobot, you know, even though they might not want to yeah. admit it when they're there, maybe in front of these black metal sort of, you know, fans and stuff. Um, and like I said, uh, you know, band like Clutch was very, very famous for doing that, where they just peeled off little by little these fans by doing those tours. And I think that's what made them really a, such a huge success, I'd say, with you guys, because then, you know, you can play with whoever, wherever, and you know, you're going to get at least some sort of, you know, positive, you know, not necessarily feedback, but you will definitely peel off some fans along the way. I mean, do you feel that? it's really helped you guys as a band by playing those kind of tours and those shows? Oh, absolutely. 
absolutely. I mean, just in the the second leg of the last tour we were on, you know, the, after the Danzig tour, we did a, a run with Shaman's Harvest. Mm -hmm. And we had a lot of people say, we just saw you with Danzig. We saw you were back in town and we had to come out. So mm -hmm. it's like, we see that all the time. You know, Volbeat is the same way. We toured with Volbeat and, you, you know, we've mm -hmm. got people that have that have continued to come see us after seeing Volbeat. Steel Panther, you know, that's a completely different crowd. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, same thing. You know, we, 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 we try to do, you know, support slots. Obviously, you want to get in there and you want to kind of take a little bit from from every fan base, you know, and that's what we sure. try to do. You know, we're, we're a live band and we just hope that we can turn some heads once we hit the stage. And that that's what we're all about. And like you said, clutch, I mean, they've, they've made a career out of, of being different and being the only band that sounds like them. So, uh, and we are, you know, they're, they're our heroes. So let's be honest, uh, clutch and, and a little known fact crowbar, is half of our name so oh, you know cool. we we mm -hmm. like to get that heavy too uh, you know <laughs> so i think there is a little bit of everything in our sound uh, you know whether it's mm. you've got to dig a little deeper for it and and listen past my voice into the riffiness of it but mm. uh, i think there's something there for everyone and you know it might not be for everyone on you know as a whole uh, pie but you know there's pieces in there to nibble on Sure. No, absolutely. Uh, one question I want to ask you a quick while I have you here, Brandon. Obviously, speaking of your fan base, uh, you so elo eloquently refer to your fan base as the Beardos. Where I just want to know where exactly that name emanated from. Is your is your fan base really consistently made up of guys with beards? I mean, what's the, uh, <laughs> the catch with that? <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to be a, a slight bit uh, not politically correct and insensitive here when I say this, but mm -hmm. during the infancy of the band, um, we said we were, we we're probably more often than not going to be for dudes with beards and chicks with dicks. So that's what we, <laughs> so that's where, uh, the beardos came from. Um, mm -hmm. we just figured that, you know, chicks wouldn't be into us at all. So <laughs> no, we, were, we were trying to appeal to the clutch fan base. Let's be honest. Uh, okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's where beardos, beardos just kind of came up. At some point, you know, we're all rocking beards and beards seem to be the, you know, the, the, the buzzword and, and trendy mm -hmm. thing. So, so we just started calling our fans beardos. Uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> Very cool. Nice. And then I shaved and everybody was super confused. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice, man. nice. Well, well, Brandon, before we wrap up, man, I just wanted to, to talk real quick about the um, single that you guys put out for Set You Free. That was so good that one of the clubs had to put it out again as another single of set you free. So talk a little bit about this song, why it was chosen to be the single. And, you know, I'm sure you guys are probably really happy to see the machine shop turn right around and put a live version out there as well. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, first and foremost, we love machine. You know, we we've worked on two records with him, and he continues to, you know, be be someone in our creative lives and you know we love we love the guy so when he called us up to say hey come on do this thing that we do at the machine shop um we're gonna film it put it out there we we jumped at, at, at the opportunity and you know we we had uh we had flashbacks as well because we recorded fat city in that room so mm. it was like oh man yeah this is this smells familiar. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was a great time though. We, we, we love working with the machine at any capacity. 
Um, you know, but it was a lot of fun. Right on, man. Well, dude, my I... kitty cat's bumping the, bumping the phone down. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Brandon, man, the, the new album, Feel This, it is, it is fantastic. It's a little bit different, but a lot of the same. It's exactly, it's exactly what a Crowbot fan is going to like. And I think I can speak for Matt mm -hmm. by saying, as Crowbot fans, we love it. So um, people should definitely check it out. And um, I'll tell you what, for people that haven't checked it out yet, where should we send them to check it out? Oh, you know, anywhere, anywhere that your ears will, will let you listen to it. All right. But come see us live. That's what I say. There you go. Oh, and where do they get the tour dates at? What's the best place? Uh, Crowbotband.com, Facebook, Bands in Town, anywhere you're used, used to going. Very good. Well, one more time. It is Crowbot. The album is called Feel This. Make sure you get it. And um, Brandon, thanks so much for joining us here on Aftershocks. Yeah, thanks, Brandon. Oh, thanks for having me.